Right now with me, I have a man who was an original member of this production team that we all know and love today by the name of the Neptunes. We're going to talk about the 757, his solo career, working with Teddy Riley, being under the imprint Little Man, Master Plan, which was released on Capitol Records, his G-Next Life, and all that and much more, Mr. Mike E. Mike E, welcome to Beyond the Album Cover, brother. Thank you, man, for having me. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. It's a good thing. Yeah, I appreciate you wholeheartedly taking the time out to do this interview. Like I've been saying, I've been wanting to try to find you for years to do wow. an interview back when I had my radio show, The Time Machine, in college. So wow. it's all about God's timing, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. And all these years later, you know, good thing. Yeah, yeah, man. And that was some 14 years ago, man. Who would have wow. thought it? Yeah, yeah, man. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into yes, it. Yes, sir. So tell us about your life growing up in the 757. So for those of you that don't know, we're going to be referring to that area code a lot in this interview. And the 757 is the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. And I'm going to get Mikey to tell you all what is the Hampton Roads and what's the spirit of it. See what I did there? Shout out to WVEC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hamp growing up in Hampton Roads, it's definitely a, a place of diversity, a lot of military families and in and out, but there's also, you know, a core uh, establishment of, and you know, Virginia was a place where slaves were, you know, sold and different things like that. So the ports and, and Norfolk and everything like that. So you have that, as far as the black community I'm speaking of, um, you have that history here. So it's a place where it has a rich, deep history as far as uh, black culture goes. Um, so growing up here, man, I grew up in Virginia Beach where it was more integrated, okay? So you have like Norfolk, which is more predominantly black uh, or, you know, Portsmouth, more predominantly black. I actually was born in Portsmouth because I got adopted at six months old by a family uh, who lived in Virginia Beach, who was my mom and my dad, the Etheridges. So, at that point, you know, I just was raised, but my mother was from Norfolk. So I was raised with this duality of understanding that Virginia Beach, we live here in this middle-class neighborhood, but you know, this is the, the more prevalent reality for our people. You know, I, I was able to see and balance both worlds and get an experience from both worlds, going to school with, um, you know, predominantly white environments. So that, that played a big role in all of, I think, in all of our lives who came out of Virginia musically. Because if you listen to Virginia artists or Virginia producers, there's a, the sound is, is broad in the sense that you'll hear a lot of different things. Um, because I think that has a lot to do with us being exposed to the music culture of other people because we were in integrated environments. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause the shipyards, like I said, big employer, and it's such a diverse area, the Hampton Roads. You got Norfolk, Hampton, Newport News, mm -hmm. Chesapeake, and you have York, Williamsburg. So not only musically, Virginia is for lovers. Athletics is a big thing in Virginia. We could go down yeah. the list of all the great athletes that came Correct. out of VA from yeah. AI, AKA Bubba Chuck, mm -hmm. Michael Vick, I believe yep. Aaron Brooks is from Virginia, Ronald Curry, mm -hmm. Bruce Smith, Yep. Lonzo Morning. So what is it that you think Joe about Smith, the Tide War? Well, uh -huh. Yeah, and Mike Tomlin from yeah. Newport News as well. So mm -hmm. what do you think it is about 
VA athletically that led to all of these superstars just blossoming in their respective sports? Mm, I think with uh, the, the sports aspect of it, I think we have good programs uh, at the high school level. You know, I think we had, and then the college level as well, like with the, you know, our HBCUs. So I think, and then we have a very strong Pop Warner presence as well. My son played for the Mustangs for a long time and they're known for spawning out like Percy Harvin and just people who, you know, went on to do great things because when you're taught early and young something, you become an expert earlier than you do if you pick it up later. You know what I'm saying? So I think that played a big role in it. Uh, our Even our community leagues are dope. We, our community leagues were crazy. You know what I'm saying? And then I think we just have, you know, um, a lot of talent out here. It just, you know, that's a blessing. It's God. And I don't, this is not a regional thing, but just African-Americans in general are, are blessed with an excessive amount of talent when it comes to sports and the arts. Mm, I definitely agree with that. And also Plasco Burris from the Tidewater oh, yeah, area. I know him. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor. He was really from, um, from the uh, Tidewater area. He was really cool with a friend of mine. And he used to come over. <laughs> he used to come over as a teenager to my friend's house. We used to hang out at my man's crib, which was like by the school, Green Run High School. So he would come over like after his games, you know, get some money to go to the games or get some money to go hang out with a girl. Like my man would, would help him out. So I seen him come up, definitely, definitely a, a, a superior athlete, you know what I mean? So definitely, mm. I've seen that with yeah. him. I was able to witness yeah. his, his uh, progression. Yeah, had my fair share of going over that Chesapeake Bay Bridge tunnel <laughs> on 64, yeah. going over to the Coliseum Mall, because I remember oh, yeah. seeing the oh, um, yeah. Hampton yeah. Coliseum directly by, because it used to be a Daryl Steak and Ale spot over there. It was hot over there. It was, it was a place, it was, it was fun too. Mm-hmm. So tell me about some of your musical influences that listen that you listened to growing up, and did you cut your teeth in the talent show circuit? I believe at Princess Anne High School, correct? Yes, sir. So musically influenced, I it started in the church for me. Okay, which was, um, it was mainly because that was my upbringing and structure. So mm-hmm. you had to go to church on Sunday. So I'm, you know, as a young child from six months on, like I said, I was adopted because I was born to a teenage mother in Portsmouth, but I got adopted into this family that raised me in a church. You know what I mean? So my destiny was shifted early on as a child because the environment that I probably would have grew, grown up in would not have produced the person that's sitting on this camera today. I'd have been different, you know what I mean? Because of my environment. So, um, I, my musical influences are broad, but it started with church. It started with, cause I started singing in the choir and uh, my first uh, instructor, Andrew Williams, who was a pianist and, a, and a, a musician, he was a great singer. So he taught like us a lot about vocals and how to be on key and just different things like that. So growing up in that from a young child, like I did a recording with my church choir when I was around 14 years old. And I led a song, you know what I mean? So already I was experiencing uh, recording and different things, but my musical influence were brought because my mom's sisters, my aunts and them, they listened to like Motown and Air Supply and, you know, um, Kiss and all of these like rock bands and all this kind of stuff. So I was exposed to a lot of different Barbara Streisand, Stevie Wonder, you know what I mean? So 
when I would go to their house, I would literally sit at the record player and play all these records. Cause when I'm home, all I'm hearing is church music. You know, it's gonna be choir or it's gonna be quartet or it's gonna be, you know what I mean? Just straight gospel. So those were my outlets, you know what I mean? Like my uncles and my aunts, they would play these records for me. And I'm like, yo, what is this? Especially when I would hear like pop artists, you know, I was really intrigued by that cause I, I didn't know anything about it. And then obviously when the hip hop era came, I was really young as well. So what I would do, even I don't, it was a, it was a show that used to come on, I think midnight something on, in, in VA in the 757. And I would, uh, I would just write out the lyrics to songs like Secret Lover or You Are My Lady, you know, by uh, Freddie Jackson. And I would sing these records at school. I'm in the fourth grade or third grade, you know, but it was then I started developing the writing, but I didn't really even know what it was then. Even after, you know, traveling in the high school, I just knew I could sing and, and I would rap as well. Cause my first talent show was at Windsor Woods, my elementary school, where I had a rap group, which was me, <laughs> my friend Rashad and my, my friend Edwin Smith. So I wrote all their raps and then put it to a beat and we did that talent show because my influence started shifting as hip hop culture started coming into play. So. You know, I started listening to rap and Duke. I got introduced to Bismarck E, Rakim. You know, those guys started being Rakim, Special Ed, you know, the Juice Crew, Marley Mall. All of that started becoming like, I was idolizing these guys because I love this. Like, what is this? So, you know, that's why um, my musical uh, background is so broad, man. It's just, it's so much into it. And that's why now, when you hear the new music that I'm doing, you're gonna hear a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? It's not just gonna be, you know, R&B or, or just straight singing. It's gonna be a lot of different things because I realized that my, my musical makeup is made up of a lot of different genres of music, you know? So I wanted to do something different with still balancing my faith into it in a way that it was, it could affect people and they could hear it. So. So yeah, man, that's, and um, the talent shows, like I said, I had the one talent show in elementary. Then of course, once I got to high school, I met Pharrell in, in middle school actually, but he was a little older than me. So I caught up to him after middle school. I met him in high school. And then, um, you know, that's where the talent show stuff came. So, and mm -hmm. the interesting story with the talent show is, see, you gotta realize me, Shay, Sheldon, uh, from NERD, Chad and Pharrell was four of us. Okay, and what we would do every day at the at the leadership of Pharrell because Pharrell was like, you know, he was like he was he was the oldest and he was also very uh, confident in his musical ability even at a at a young age. Like this guy knew who he was. You know what I mean? So every day he would be like, "Look, we going to the studio," and he would write me songs and I would sing them. You know what I mean? And we would go to like Chad's house, record stuff. Then we had the rapping in it. It was, a, it was a mixture. It was a mixing bowl of everything that these talented guys, Chad, myself and Pharrell and Shay, it was a mixture of everything that we had in us musically. You know what I mean? So, and Pharrell was the, you know, obviously the leader in moving the pieces around and he was an incredible writer even then. You know what I mean? This guy wrote Look in the Water, a song that Blackstreet later did in high school. He brought me that in the lunchroom. Wow. You know what I mean? And it was, you know, Pharrell was always an artist. So it's funny, his music, like if you, people may not have ever seen what his lyrics look like when he writes them out, but it looks like calligraphy. It's not like handwriting. So I would be like, yo, it would be hard to read because it was literally art within art. 
what I'm saying? The guy was just, he, he was who he was. So we would go to the studio every day after school. I mean, get kicked out. We wouldn't get kicked out because we never got in. They'd be like, these kids is back. Who is these kids? Sifu, who was the security guard, he like, yo, y'all don't come up here no more. Like, it was so crazy that I'd just be like, yo, Pharrell, man, come on, we, we gonna get arrested out here try to, you know, but he was persistent. He was persistent, very persistent. Um, and then Teddy decided to have a talent show. And that's where things kind of like, we were able to perform there. Um, God, Omar Chandler, God rest his soul, was a very influential in exposing Pharrell and, and myself and Chad to what this thing called the music industry was. Cause we just kids, we don't know. We just know we talented in our own ways. So um, the talent show, we did that together and we killed it. You know what I mean? We did Look in the Water and we did um, some other records that were more like on that NERD feel. You know what I mean? So um, it was a song called The Wet, Wet, Wet. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we had a good time. We had fun. And Teddy knew at that moment, these kids are special. I don't know how to put it all together because, you know, Pharrell's like multi-talented with the writing and all of that and the rapping. And then you got Mike who can sing well as well. And he, you know, at that time I wasn't really into the writing as much. And then Chad, who started playing the keyboard at six, you know, his parents were investing into his gift. So they would buy him the, the things that were needed to, to make the music, whether it was a keyboard, a microphone, whatever. So that's how things were getting done. That's how people could hear what we could do because Chad was the source of, of where we would go in his, um, above his garage, man, to make the music. Man, that, that's so crazy. And the studio that Mikey is referring to is was Future Studios, Correct. which Teddy Riley set up shop. And I believe it was not too far from the high school because you guys would go and hang around the secure about, man, what are you guys doing here? So it was that- Oh, it was literally like walking you, distance. Like we walked- Like there. a stone star. Yeah, walk across the little marsh they had. Every day we was up in it, like, you know, ringing the doorbell. <laughs> and you can see inside. That was the weird thing. You could not see inside. So all this was, it was a dream for us to get inside those. I'll never forget the first day we got inside those doors and sung for him. That's when he decided to do a talent show because of us. People don't know that. Like before the talent show even, you know, became a thing, he already knew. Let me, that's what made him want to see what else was out here because of us. That's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, I can remember, you know, growing up like a little over two hours from Virginia Beach. Once we heard that Teddy Riley was going to set up shop in yeah. Virginia Beach, we were like, okay, this is this is something. And then once the Rump Shaker video hit, we were like, whoa, this is this is major. Well, you got to realize uh, Pharrell, the beat was obviously Teddy's creation, but the song, you know, I got to say, you know, literally was Pharrell's vision as far as the way that record moved. All I want to do is zoom on, zoom, zoom. That's Pharrell. In my poom, in the poom, poom. Just shake your rump. That's all him. Yiggity, yes, it's Teddy. Ready for the one-two checker. That's all Pharrell's pen. 